0: Hey everyone. How many of you, uh, is this your first summer in Fort Collins? Yes. It's a great place to spend the summer. And it's also mullet season, so. (laughs) Um, yep. So tonight we're going to talk about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's an incredible thing to talk about. I think often we don't talk about it. We just kind of take it for granted. Um, or you hear somebody maybe give an illustration of it or people pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But today we're going to delve into it a little deeper and um, yeah, just grow in an understanding of who God is and how we can worship Him. So first off, uh, has anybody ever heard any like illustrations for what the holy spirit is like? Like water, like water. okay? Water. What? A dove. A dove? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Did I say what the holy spirit is like? Yeah. Sorry, I meant what the trinity is like. So that's why water. And an egg? An egg? Tea. tea? How how is it like tea? can uh, put milk and sugar in it but it's still tea. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer. Come on. Giovanni, okay, come on up. So, Giovanni, here's an egg. This is God. Let's, let's see if this is a good illustration. Do you want to crack it into the bowl? Great, you can put the shell in here. Okay, so if this illustration plays out... Well, first of all, uh, the Son and the Holy Spirit are mixing already, so. um, Is this an egg? What is it? It's a shell. It's part of an egg, but it's not an egg. And I'm not even going to try to separate these. If there's any Rockies in the room, you can drink it. But... um, If you do separate them, they're not both eggs. One you would say is an egg white and one is an egg yolk, right? So when it gets separated, they're each something different. So that's not really good illustration of the Trinity, because Jesus isn't a different entity from God. The Holy Spirit's not something other than God, right? We would still say they're God. So egg's not gonna work. Anybody want to eat that egg? No? Oh my goodness. Here, give this to, bring this to Zach. This is, okay. Oh, no, oh, welcome to Summer Outpost, everybody. Things are a little different here in the summer. Okay, now we have ice in this cup, and it's actually already melting, so there's water in there as well. And then hopefully this is hot enough, but. You see the steam? You see? Okay, okay. So there's three different things there's water, or it's all water, but there's the liquid form, the gas form, and the solid form. But the reason that doesn't work. Is because it's all h2o it never changes that, but it changes form so that'd be as though God changed form the, the father changed form into Jesus and then changed form into the Holy Spirit, but biblically that doesn't make sense because Jesus prayed to God, Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit um, even after the Holy Spirit came like when Stephen was stoned, he saw Jesus at the right hand of the Father so that's a a heresy actually called modalism that God changes forms. And so the orthodox Christian view is this, that, uh, and by orthodox, I just mean the traditional Christian view throughout most of Christian history is that God is one entity, uh, one essence of God, but three in persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not Jesus, Jesus is not the Father, but they are all God. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? Cool. Let me pull my notes up. Should have done that before. Who has the coolest job this summer? Carrie? Andrew? What's your job? (laughs) Nice. Cool. It's a good job. Okay, so my goal tonight is to, more, to help you more clearly understand how God can be three in one. We don't want it to just be a mystery. We also want to understand it. And I want us to have gratitude for the ways that we can understand God and the, and the ways that make sense to us. And I want us to grow in awe and wonder of the aspects of who God is that we can't wrap our mind around. Cool? I think God is both. If we couldn't understand him at all, then he would be completely other. We'd have no way to connect with him, but we might worship him. But if we could understand everything about him, we wouldn't have as much desire to worship him and be in awe of him. So I want us to experience both. And by the end of this, you might actually have more questions than you do now. I'm not gonna answer every question because this, the Trinity relates to how we see everything in Christianity. Okay, my first point is that the Trinity sort of makes sense. It kinda makes sense. I think sometimes we, we talk to people who aren't Christians or um, have an antagonistic view towards the Trinity and they're like, it, it doesn't even make sense. How, like, how can Jesus be God? But they don't look into it. And so um, the first reason I I think it makes sense is that humans are actually tripartite. We actually have three parts. And this we can see in the Bible through the way the Bible talks about humans. And we can also see it in experience. And so first off, the Bible um, uses the the word – in the Old Testament it uses the word basar – to mean flesh or body. And then there's the word nefesh, meaning soul or self or life. And then ruach, meaning spirit, wind or breath. And so all throughout the uh, Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, they had three different words distinguishing the parts of a human. And body is pretty straightforward. Uh, Spirit and soul, I think, are what we kind of get confused sometimes. So the soul refers to our mind and our emotions, our personality. Uh, and then the spirit refers to the part of us that is spiritual, that can connect with God. Some people call it the God container, the part that the Holy Spirit speaks to and dwells in. And all of them, you can't entirely separate them, but they all relate. And um, we know this in the New Testament as well. I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Guys, Thessalonians is a book you should look up and bookmark beforehand. There's some that are easy to find. Thessalonians is not. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 5:23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here it distinguishes our spirit, our soul, and our body will be kept blameless. And then Hebrews 4.12 says this, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the word of God can divide between soul and spirit. And I think... uh, Sometimes we don't know the difference between, like, was, is this just my emotions? Is this just my mind? See, we can't just, walking with God isn't just about our mind or our emotions. Some people connect with God on an emotional level often, and that's good. Some people really connect with their mind, but there has to be something deeper than that. I can't just understand who God is with my mind and not let him Transform my life and my spirit. Otherwise, I'm just loving him with one part of me. Does that make sense? You guys tracking? Cool. Um, I'm going to share about experience, but let's go to the next slide first. Uh, I want to have eight different people pick one of these passages and read them in a minute. So uh, who's got John 1, 1 through 5? Okay, Justin. Genesis 1, 1 through 2. Come on. Pastor, who? Ruel. Hebrews one one through three. Peter. John ten twenty nine. Carrie. Hebrews nine fourteen. Christine. John eight fifty four. Caitlin. John sixteen seven. Caleb. Acts one eight. Addie's got it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, you could go back to the slide that said experience on it. Everybody know their verse. Cool. Okay. Um, we also know it from an experience. So uh, my grandma is is getting older, and her body she she has some health issues, but her body still functions fairly well. But her mind not so much. Have any of you guys had a a grandparent like that? Um, So, a couple years ago, after Kellen and I got married, we printed wedding photos with my grandma and grandpa in them and gave them to them as a Christmas present. And uh, at the end of the Christmas presents, my grandma goes up to my sister and says, thank you for the wedding photos. Those were so nice. And my sister just started crying. Why did she start crying? It's a simple mistake, right? She started crying because this personality, this mind, these emotions, this soul of my grandma is slowly fading away. And it's hard to see that. But we can see that that's a separate part from the body. It's a separate part from the spirit. And my grandma, um, her, yeah, like I said, her body still functions and her spirit still has the capacity to connect with God, even if she doesn't remember who we are. And another example, Scott Martin, who's the national director of Chi Alpha, uh, he shares this story of going to a church and meeting the pastor. The next time he went to the church, the pastor introduced himself again, and he was like, oh yeah, we met a couple weeks ago. And he realized the pastor was starting to lose his memory. He was a young guy. He got to the point where he couldn't remember anything He got to the point where his body couldn't even function. He was basically in a vegetative state. His wife left him. He was no longer the pastor, but he would still go to church every day, even even as he got older. And one day, the pastor, um, let's call call this guy, uh, the former pastor, let's call him Mr. Jones. The pastor preaches his sermon. At the end, he's like, Brother Jones, stand up and close us in prayer. And this guy, like I said, he can't talk. He's in this, like, vegetative state. He just sits there. Somebody brings him to church. And everybody's like, wait, what is, he, what's going on? And then again he says, Brother Jones, stand up, close us in prayer. And everybody's really uncomfortable by this point. Like, oh, let's, let's go get lunch. Uh, well, It's time to move on. A third time the pastor says, Brother Jones, in the name of Jesus, stand up, close us in prayer. Brother Jones stands up. And he starts running around the room praying in tongues and prophesying over the congregation. And then he sits down and never says a word again. And when he was on his deathbed, uh, the nurses saw tears in his eyes and saw that he was praying or, or speaking in tongues or something. And so this shows that his mind was completely gone, his body was completely gone, but there was a spirit inside of him that was still alive, that was still functioning. And they were still connecting with God, and so the reason I talk about humanity is because if we were made in the image of God, wouldn't it make sense that God is three parts, or three persons? If we can understand it on a small scale in in, in humans, doesn't it make sense that a God who made us that way would be three persons? Even uh, maybe we can grasp that concept a little bit, but it's a whole different level because right, we're I'm not three persons, but I have three uh, parts to me so let's um let's look at what the scriptures have to say about this. Um, John one one through five. Genesis 1, 1 to 2. Yeah, so there we have, in those two verses, we have, in John, it talks about how the Word uh, was there in the beginning. And the Word is referring to Jesus. And then, um, in Genesis, it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. So all, excuse me, all three... Father, Son and Holy Spirit were there at creation. Okay, Hebrews one, one, two, three. That sounds like God <laughs> upholding the universe with the word of his power. John 10, 29. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, uh, Jesus calls God his father a lot. And all throughout, especially the book of John, we see Jesus relating to God the father. Um, saying, He is my Father. Let's go to Hebrews 9.14. Yeah, I think that one is amazing, that all three are there at the atonement. So if you didn't catch it, uh, Jesus is offering Himself through the Spirit to God the Father. So all three of them are involved in this interaction to win us back to him. Okay, John eight fifty four. 54. John sixteen seven. So the advocate is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, unless I go, I won't be able to send the Holy Spirit. And then Acts 1.8. Yeah. So we see, that we see that all three of them work together. Jesus is sending the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is empowering us. God sent Jesus. All of them work together. So uh, I, I would argue that the Trinity makes some sense. We can't fully wrap our mind around it, but it makes some sense in light of uh, what Scripture says as well as the way humans were wired. But the second point I want to share is that the Trinity is a mystery. We can never fully wrap our minds around it. Um, why don't you click on that link of the video? We're just going to see a clip of a Bible project video. So I've got a question that's always bothered me. The Bible says there's one God, but in other parts of the Bible, God is three. Father, Son, and Spirit. How can it be both? Yeah, this is a question that has mystified people for thousands of years. And while we can't fully explain it, I think we can better understand what it is that we can't fully understand. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, think of it this way. Here's a two-dimensional plane. And then here's an object with three dimensions that's going to pass through the 2D plane. Okay, right, from this perspective, the 3D objects above and below the plane. So now it makes sense. But imagine you were a 2D person stuck on the 2D plane. What would you see? I don't know. What would I see? Well, it would look like this. Oh yeah, okay, from this perspective, it looks impossible. It's one object, and then then two objects, and then three. But in reality, they're all one, just not in a way you're capable of understanding. Now, let's take this whole thing as a visual analogy for how we experience God. The claim in the Bible is that God is transcendent, a divine being through whom we live and move and have our being. Or, as God says, I am. Okay, but I live here in this universe, so when God appears, it will make sense in some ways, but in other ways, it will break my categories. Exactly. Hello? There we go. In in some ways, as I said before, the Trinity makes sense, but in a lot of ways, for us, it's kind of like... Being a 2D person, seeing something 3D, and not being able to fully grasp it. And it's God relates to us where we are, but he's also outside of our categories. He's, there's aspects to who God is that we can't fully understand. And that's actually a beautiful thing. I, I don't think it's logical to say, uh, I can't understand it, so it must not be true. Like, I, I don't understand calculus. I had to take calc for management sciences, I think math 141, anybody take that? I don't think it's actually calculus because I got a B and I have no idea what calculus is. And the teacher also, she was like always ending class earlier, not being there because her kids were sick and stuff and somehow I got a B and didn't understand it. But if if I were to say, well, I, I don't understand calculus, Therefore, it must not be correct. That's not logical. I think if, if I had the right teacher and I took the time to understand it, I could learn it. Um, and the, the, that's true about God as well. If we take the time to understand who he is, we, we can't maybe understand everything about him, but we can grasp more of who he is. You guys tracking with that? The other thing about the Trinity is it's not a doctrine that humans would come up with. When humans come up with ideas about religion and who God is, they tend to be more selfish and more simplistic, right? Like, I can have multiple wives. Like, that's something humans would come up with, right? Not God. Or this idea that we are God. Or... uh, an idea that, like, I can do something, a specific set of actions to atone for my sin. It's pretty simple. Sounds like something a human would come up with. Um, but tr- the Trinity is not that way. It's brilliant, it's amazing, but it's not a doctrine that a human would be like, oh, this makes sense. I'm going to come up with this idea of who God is. Colossians two two talks about I won't go there, but it talks about the mystery of God. Paul, in his letters, refers to salvation as this mystery of God that we can grow in understanding and we can get glimpses of, but it's still a mystery. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think sometimes in our culture, we want to fully understand things before we follow God. We want to fully understand everything. And I'm Against this idea that says Christianity is blind faith, like just a leap of faith, I think it's a step of faith. I think we understand God and who his character is and what he's like, and we take one step at a time into that mystery, but we're not just, we're not just jumping into this void of lack of knowledge. But on the other hand, it's, we're not ever going to be able to wrap our mind around God. Isn't that amazing that we have a God... That we can't fully think our way around. Like he is so far beyond what we can ever fully understand. My final point is this, that only the triune God is love. Let me say that again. Only the triune God is love. Only a God in three persons is love. First John 4.16 says that God is love. That that is love. The essence of his nature and his character that God is love he, he doesn't he, it's not that he's he's just loving he does loving things he he is love he's the definition of love and so if God were love, if that's true then what what would we expect to find him to be like would he be an impersonal force? Would he be one one person? I think what's interesting with that idea is that if God were just one person without, he's one entity without different persons, then when we came along, when he created us, we would actually have added an aspect to him. We'd given him the opportunity to love. So Timothy Keller says it this way, um, that if, if there was a unipersonal God, meaning one person, he wouldn't be loving until he created other beings. This would just mean power came before love, and love comes later. So God, if God was just one, no Father, no Son, no Holy Spirit, then in his power he creates humans, and then he has an opportunity to love them. But the Christian idea is that from eternity past, there's been three persons in the Godhead loving each other all throughout eternity. And that love overflowed in this desire to create and this desire to make humans. And we didn't, we didn't give him an opportunity for love. He was already loving and then lavished that love upon us. And we see that in human life as well like, when a couple gets married, at some point, often they start wanting children for no apparent reason, right? They're not convenient. um, They're not cheap. uh, But there's something that makes a couple want to have children. They they have this love between them. They have this unity between them, and they want to share it. And I, I think it's just... Human nature as well. When we love something, when we have something we enjoy, we want to share it with other people, right? Your hobbies, what God's done in your life, you want to share those things, right? And so that's the way God is. The Trinity throughout all all ages has been loving one another. And what that looks like is... um, The son lays down his life, right? The son came down to earth to lay down his life. And the Bible talks about how the father glorifies the son by raising him from the dead and giving him authority. And the spirit brings to remembrance the things of God and the things that Jesus spoke. And so each one is glorifying the other and deferring to each other. And the way I like to define love is that love is unselfishly choosing for the highest good of another, Right if we love God we're unselfishly choosing for his highest good if we love another person we're unselfishly choosing for their highest good and so the beauty of the trinity is that all throughout eternity these three persons of the godhead have been laying down their lives for one another have been honoring the other one above themselves and we just happened to got happened to be allowed to come into that and experience that. Isn't that incredible? Like we have just a snapshot in who Jesus is and his life on earth and his death and resurrection. And then in our own lives, we get a snapshot. But all throughout eternity past, this has been happening in various ways. So why is this significant that God is love and that God is three in one? We are able to love. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. We can be unified with one another. There's this amazing prayer in John 17 where Jesus is praying and asking that we, that the believers, his followers, would be one just as he and the Father is one. That we would be so unified that, and people would see our love so much that they would turn to God and that would, we'd be just as unified as Jesus and the Father are. And I think it's easy to brush that aside and be like, yeah, he's just being, meaning like we need to be pretty unified. No, he, he's actually saying that we can have the power to be that unified with one another and that unified with God. And I think, I think some people, some people naturally really understand love. I think some people really understand God's love and are really moved by God's love. And I think some of us aren't as much, but I think we all can. There's, there's this verse where Paul talks about, he prays that we would have power with all the saints to grasp how high and how wide is the love of God. God in Christ Jesus. And I've been thinking, I've been reflecting on that verse lately. That Paul is praying that we would have power with all the saints to grasp how big God's love is. So he's praying, he's like, you guys don't even have power, especially not by yourselves. I'm praying that you would have power with everyone else to just be able to grasp God's love. Not even return it Not even like just comprehend it. And so we need each other in this room to be able to grasp God's love. And then we need God to give us the power to be together and to understand God's love. I don't know if that blows your mind, but that blows mine. And that means our idea of who God is and how much his love is is so tiny. Like we don't even have the power to grasp it. And so my prayer lately has been, God, I want the power to grasp your love. I think so often we think about what we need to do, right? God, give me the power to not sin. God, give me the power to tell my friends about you. God, give me the power to have courage to do this. But let's ask God, give us the power, not, my, not me myself, give me and my friends the power to just understand your love. And I, I believe that that will transform us. So worship team, you guys can come on up. And actually, while I'm closing, could somebody move this table? You guys, I guess you guys can do it. So let's just, let's just take a minute and, and ask the Lord. One, ask him, give me the power to grasp your love. And two, if there's a person of the Trinity that you feel like you've been neglecting, whether that's be not being open to the Holy Spirit or whether you see God the Father is not loving... Or something like that. I just encourage you to ask the Lord to reveal that and to meet with Him, because we, God Himself, is honoring and glorifying each member of the Trinity. And if we only preach one or two, we're not even doing what God is doing. And so, yeah, let's just um, let's just take a couple minutes to just reflect, and then we'll we'll close in some worship. I want to open it up during worship. If anybody has a word for the community, something you feel like God's put on your heart, sometimes he'll put stuff on your heart just for you, but if you sense this is for other people as well, uh, I want you to come and grab me and um, we could talk about it. And if if it is for the community, I'd love for you to be able to share that because um, Christianity is not just about one person getting up and preaching. It's not about just feeling good when the band plays. It's, a, it's about us all hearing from the Lord and meeting with God. And I think that's a practical way that we can all grow in this power of grasping God's love. Um, actually, Chi Alpha stands for Christ Ambassadors. And um, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, uh, there's this part in 2 Corinthians where it talks about that he's appointed apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So those of us right now that are leading, we're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. The saints is everyone who follows Jesus. We're to equip each other for the work of the ministry. And I think that goes along with this idea that we need each other to grasp God's love. So if if you feel during prayer that um, yeah, the Lord wants to use you to speak a word, I would just come talk to me. But yep. I'm going to pray and then we'll <laughs> yeah. God you're so perfect. Lord, we couldn't have thought up the Trinity. It's a God that's three in one that loves, where love is your essence and your nature, that's something we can't even fully grasp. And so we just pray that you would be in this room right now, that the Holy Spirit would make the truth of Jesus real to us so that we can know the Father better. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd be in this room right now and that we commune with you. Thank you, God. Christine just had something she wanted to share with us.
1: Hi, everyone. Um, just as I was praying, I felt like I got the word shame. And, um, yeah, if you're feeling a level of shame or guilt or maybe holding a secret or something that you just haven't told anyone about and it's making you feel just burdened and heavy, um, Jesus died for you, and he wants to bring you freedom from that thing. Um, So don't let it have power over you. Tell someone um, and have them pray over you for it. So, yeah, I just want to close this in prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are, God, for what you've done for us. Thank you for how you sent the Holy Spirit and how you just have incredible love through relationship with God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We're so thankful for you and what you do, Lord. Um, yeah, thank you for Eric and his word tonight. Lord, will you just continue speaking to our spirits? Thank you that we can have a connection with you through our body, mind, and spirit. Um, yeah, Jesus, we just lift you up and continue to love you throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, another thing we're having post post at house house that's my house. Um, so if you don't know where that is, just ask me or Sophia back there or anyone else really here. It's up there. By3 South House. Thanks guys.